What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. This is Josh, and with me is my pal Jason. And uh, welcome to uh, welcome to episode fifty, my friend. Awesome, fifty fifty episodes. The big, big, yeah, the big five zero, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been uh, reaching out all over the place and asking for, you know, stories and, and things of that nature to share. Um, and a few of you have actually reached out or whatever, which is awesome. Now, the majority of people didn't want to call in. They didn't want to call in and share their story, like, you know, quote unquote live or whatever, or on yeah. the air or whatever. But, um, you know, a couple of people did say that it was fine that if we, you know, read their story or whatever, that would be cool with them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to read their stories. Um, And, you know, I'm trying to think here. I I got a few. But one one came out right here. Let me just pull it up here. This is from LaDonna. Now, I, I met LaDonna in Kansas City at the Paracon there that we just got done doing. What Was that like a month ago, bro? Yeah, beginning of August. It was, yeah. Oh, my God. Here we go. But it seems like longer. Yeah. Ago. It does. That is crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy how, yeah. Um, But here's what LaDonna has to say. She said, my story takes place in a house uh, where I lived in my early teens. Uh, we had what many, in quotes, experts told my mother was a poltergeist. Um, it was apparent that whatever it was was directly tied to me. I would often hear sounds like a rocking chair upstairs over my bedroom uh, when there was nothing and no one there when we went up to check. Uh, in my room, I had a litter of puppies uh, who slept on the floor next to two wooden camping chests that I had stacked up with items on top, kind of acting as a nightstand. Uh, and in the middle of the night, the items on top of the chest flew across the room in one direction, and the top of the of the chest flew over the puppies in another direction. And she said none of the, none of the puppies were hurt in any way. Um... And then she goes on to say, Another evening, I was in my room and I was bothered by a rattling and humming sound that would not stop. Um, I went to my mother's room finally to ask her if she heard it and what we needed to do to make it stop. When I opened her bedroom door, I noticed immediately that I could not hear it in her room. And I explained to her what I was hearing, and then we noticed that the two large brass decorative platters that were hanging over the head of her bed were moving back and forth, matching then what would have been the, the rattling sound that could only be heard in her bedroom. Um, so then obviously she took the platters down and, and the sound stopped. But many more things happened to me and around me in that house. Um and that's interesting. That is very interesting, especially considering the fact that she was a teenage girl. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then she says... And that's the kind of the camp that I fall into with poultry guys activities. Exactly. Um, my, personal, my personal views on it. Right. And now, um, 
she says later in life that she owned a, a retail business uh, on the historic Independence Square uh, in Independence, Missouri. Um, she says, my daughter was closing the shop for me uh, in the evenings and I worked the day shift. But on several occasions, I would come into the shop uh, in the morning, you know, after that her daughter had closed and the clothing in the shop would be uh, on the floor having uh, seemingly fallen off the racks. Uh, My daughter was firm in the fact that the store was in excellent condition when she locked up. Uh, We later came to understand that someone or something was coming into the shop during the night and and being mischievous. So it says during... I've actually investigated a few locations on that on that same, square. okay, in the exact same area. Yeah, with all probably on the same block. Um, Interesting. A few years ago, when I first started, I worked with one person that owned a few different places down there, and uh, wow. investigated a few times. What? Probably not the same building, but that it, whole square. Most of the buildings have claims to them. That's interesting, though, because then she she does go on to say then uh, during a shift I was working, I was talking with a customer and a lamp, which was for sale uh, in the book room, was visible at the back of the store. It fell across the room and onto the floor. Now, the customer said she gave her a very scared look and excused herself from the store. <laughs> um, but what's interesting about the shop itself is it was a, a cultural curiosity shop which, you know, sold items from all these different countries and, and religions and subcultures and all of that, which is fairly interesting. Yeah. Especially to have that kind of activity. I don't know. But it also sounds like she's been kind of a beacon for paranormal activity her entire life, or at least since she was a teen. Yeah, I do have to say that most of those buildings have claims, so they may not be related to what she has experienced in the past. And it may not even be related to what was in the shop at the time because I went through a lot of abandoned, not abandoned, but empty buildings out there that all had different activity that we caught. And um, so it could just be that area specifically in the, for that shop anyways. Were some of the buildings you say in, like in disuse at the time? Yeah, there okay. was, uh, well, I investigated two restaurants and the the rest of the building that they were in. The rest of the building that they were in, both of them were in different buildings, but they only took up one part of the building and then the rest of the building was empty and had been like other stores or other things over the years. I mean, those buildings out there, probably over 100 years old. Wow. It's mean, pretty it's cool. Typical old town Main Street. It just happens to be in, within the Kansas City area. Wow. Um, the other one, the second one, the first one was Courthouse Exchange Restaurant, which was the restaurant was in the basement. We had three floors above it that we investigated as well. Three floors, dude. Yeah, and then the other one was Cafe Verona, and the restaurant took up the front half of the building, but the back half of the building was three or four floors and it had all been a Macy's at one point. Oh, wow. And we had a ton of activity in the basement of that building. That's interesting. 
that's been like five years ago, four, four or five years ago now since I've investigated out there. Well, it sounds like a lot's going on, though. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, now, as far as the, the poltergeist activity, I've always, like I said, I mean, it could be a spirit, but I kind of side on the camp that it's the 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 child or the person, the person that itself. is unknowingly causing some of the activity. Wait. It could be even the type of rock that's in the ground below the house that could amplify Exactly. That. Well, and I know, like, they, they talk limestone and things of that nature being a, a heavy conductor and, and running water yeah, and, and things of that nature. Different quartz. Right. Stuff, yeah. So, But I would, I would totally agree. I mean, you think about... Um, I don't know, like physical, physical and mental changes going on in a female at that time of their life. Yeah, it's ridiculous, and I, I dread. I'm just going to go on record and say I dread Uh, the day uh, that uh, my my daughters go through. I have a 12 year old (laughs) daughter. She's see almost there. (sighs) I'll be dead by then. So. I'll be gone. Well, we're all supposed to die next month, but that's Oh, yeah, great. that's right. That's right. The end of September, well, by the time by this airs, it'll be in that month. Yeah, by the, time, by the time this airs, it'll be September. It'll be early September, and... Uh, we yeah. won't make it to the end of September. We're going to do, do a little countdown. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> but, yeah. On a day. See day. <laughs> yes. That'll be awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> now you had uh, you had somebody send you a story as yeah. well, right? His name is Ken Champ. He lives in Australia, and he's a customer of my, a customer of mine. Nice, as far as the full spectrum cameras that I sell. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, and I actually am sort of. I haven't in a while, but he first started his paranormal group about 10 months ago, and I was kind of consulting him on different things as far as the startup of the paranormal group. Right. And they're called the Coalfield Paranormal out of Hunter Valley, Australia. And I had not realized this, but you had told me not too long ago that they're at the stage that we were probably eight years ago. It is amazing to me. Like... The paranormal right now in Australia is blowing up to where, like, it was when uh, when Ghost Hunters came out, and yeah. then everybody and their dog was a ghost hunter and all that shit. Yeah, that's where they're at right now. It is amazing. It is an amazing time to be in Australia, especially as far as like the paranormal is concerned. So I'm I'm really looking hard at what they're uh, what they're about to do. Because you think yeah. about all the places out there that you could investigate. I mean, it's oh, mind-boggling. It's absolutely amazing. So I'm definitely so uh, looking forward uh, to that. Everybody listening should go like their Facebook page. They don't have a website yet, but it's Coalfield at C-O-A-L-F-I-E-L-D Paranormal. Nice. And, you know, they use a psychic and, you know, regular investigators and, you know, they're full-blown investigation group and that's awesome proud to say they use my cameras but well, good uh, for anyways, them, yeah, man. that's awesome a, he sent me a story about something that happened to them on one of their first investigations sweet so i'll go ahead and read it off yeah 
On an investigation of an abandoned train yard, Susie, who I believe is his wife, and I were able to venture out where we went to a carriage, which would be a train car. Right. While we were in the carriage, it started to move, and whatever the entity was had enough energy to start rolling it along the tracks. What? It was moving it? Yeah, they were also getting EVPs at the same time of a little girl saying, I'm here. Whoa. And he says, it goes on to say, it was absolutely amazing. And that was basically what he said. But I'm guessing since it was an abandoned train yard, (sighs) these cars were probably quite rusted. Like, I've seen pictures of them. And they're probably on pretty flat ground. I mean, going into them may move them along a little bit, but... I don't, I don't know how so. much they. I don't think it moves them that much, though. They were. It's, it's the same ones I've seen pictures of. They were uh, like passenger train cars. Okay. Okay. So they weren't like empty shells. But yeah, whatever this was, he says, made the the whole train car move. What do you do in that moment? What the hell do you do? I don't know. I mean, if you try to jump out, I don't think it was moving very fast or went very right, far. Yeah. But, but still, at the same you're, time, you're, you're moving. Like, I, yeah, I think about myself in an investigation. I think of all the stuff that could happen. I never think that the place <laughs> is going to start moving. Exactly. Wow. That's uh, that's pretty impressive stuff right there, though. I've actually seen a few pictures he's taken. Um in full spectrum that show what what could be what looks kind of like a light portal in that I think it's the same train car it's within one of the train cars it it looks like a a point of light that's spread out now I wasn't there sure sure I don't know what like I modify the cameras but I'm still you know who knows exactly what they're picking up but it is it looks like there's a shadow of a person next to this thing that's emitting light. That's very interesting, oh. though. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, whatever this was, was powerful enough to move the train car. Well, that's, see, and that's what I was going to say. Is like, It makes you wonder what is strong enough to move something that heavy. I know when we were, when we were filming A Brush With Evil, um, it was during my isolation session. So I was alone in the church, and obviously we have all these uh, IR cameras at me and all this stuff, but the team was then in this gigantic U-Haul van, uh, one of the big 40-foot SOBs, uh, watching, you know, watching and listening to what was going on. And, you know, the van was parked a, a good distance away or whatever, but it was weird because I never heard anything happen, but... Supposedly, during my ISO session, something came up to that van and and hit it to the point where it literally rocked back and forth. Um, so it had a significant amount of force behind it to, to make it shake like that. Um, and there was a big thump and then it shook. I didn't hear a thing. And for something to hit it that hard or whatever, you would think like you would think that I would hear it. Yeah. But I didn't hear a thing. It was weird. So it makes you wonder what what would actually have that amount of force to do something like that. 
Like that's. They could move something like that, and I know that you that guy got pulled pretty hard out there. But could yes. you imagine the amount of force it could inflict on a an actual person? Right. Exactly. And yeah, like you said, you know, my friend Blake got, you know, pulled out the window at that place, and it was terrifying to think that if it's able to to do that to a person or a vehicle or whatever, I mean, that's an insane amount of power. So that's, I don't know, it's terrifying. But like I said, like as far as, um, as far as Australia is concerned, I, I've got my eye in that direction because I'm very interested, interested to see what they come up with as far as evidence and all that. Um, yeah. And it's just so freaking cool that that they are getting to basically experience all this stuff now. And it's all brand new to them. They're all still excited about it. Um, over here, it's kind of second hat, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And it's you think sucks. about other than the natives there. Yes. And the people that immigrated afterwards, that, that, that for lack of a better term, island. Sure, yeah. But it's, it's, it was used as basically a prison for Europe. Exactly. Shipped off all the undesirables there. Yeah. Uh, I imagine the, the turmoil of the people that lived there originally. Not, not the name, but the, like the cities or whatever. They just had to be like bastions of sin and, yeah, you, probably. You would have to think. I don't know much about... I mean, I know that much about the history, but I don't know much about the, like, the history of how the cities were run and stuff when they first started. But Wow. I know that it was, like, it was the undesirables were sent there. It's so crazy. It's just so weird to me. But... I don't know. Um, I think, I think everybody should. Uh, number one, like you said, go over to Facebook and uh, give those guys a like. And I'm I'm going to be watching very closely to see to see what they come up with. Um, I've started joining some Australia paranormal groups and stuff. Hell yeah! And start like promoting myself over there. You know, there are just a couple of the uh, the paranormal, I don't know what you call them, paranormal celebs. I call them the, yeah. the, the paranormal elite or the cool kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are a handful of them that have started to go to Australia and do uh, different types of events and, and things of that nature, So, which is awesome. I, I think know they're... That, uh hitting it just right even though they're just not getting picked up mu has been doing their podcast there for 13 years exactly yeah it's been there it's always been there um i wonder how their reset like i'm sure it's blown up now but originally i wonder oh, yeah. how much their listenership was in australia compared to the u.s it makes you wonder though Europe. because yeah because um all i know is like i didn't come out of the paranormal closet <laughs> until I was like in high or in college, excuse me. Yeah. You know, in high school or whatever, I'm I'm from small town Iowa. 
And now, of course, everybody here knows exactly what I do. But back then, they would have looked at me like my mother didn't love me or something. Or I needed to be institutionalized or something. Um, But it's weird um, how accepting everybody is of it now. Or more so than before. I'll put it that way. So more people are at least open to the idea or possibility of something paranormal happening. That's true, but it's also, I think that, um, it's definitely more talked about, but still, I, I've never come across a single person, I mean, that you have people, like, joking and make fun of, but not, like, seriously anyways, but everybody that I come across to that I tell that I do this or they always have questions they're always interested I don't think I've come across one that didn't start asking questions about it so and I think that majority of the people whether they believe or not have had something happen to them that they can't explain not maybe not to the point that they would start believing in the paranormal but they definitely have had something happen or they have like a relative close relative that's had so it's not I mean it's it's still taboo, taboo a bit to the point right but I I don't I think when you're on a it's different when you're on a personal level talking with someone rather than on a public level definitely most definitely um the biggest question I get um is you know do you do exactly like what they do on TV <laughs> no well, yeah, I had, I actually had a while ago, years ago now, I actually had to leave an investigation of a home. Why? Because we weren't, we, we weren't doing it like they were doing it on TV. Yeah, I had a client uh, ask me, okay, so if you show up about 9 o'clock or whatever, you'll probably be gone by what, 11? And I was like, what? No, and she goes, well... I mean, you probably only investigate for, what, about a half hour or so, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, shit, lady. I'm like, I'm in this for the long haul. I'll probably be here till like, 3 or 4 in the morning. And she's like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it would just be, like, a half-hour thing, and then you show me what you got. I'm like, well, I'll show you what I get in, like, a week, <laughs> you know, after you go over everything. It's, like, it's crazy. People just think that you walk in there, and 45 minutes later, they have their answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, that's just TV. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my gosh, it's fun stuff though. So, so they were like upset with you. Um, they they weren't like mad or anything, but they just confused. Like, we weren't. <laughs> we were doing our EVP sessions and regular stuff, but I guess it just wasn't living up to what they thought it would be in the sense that. They kept saying it's not like what they do on TV. Right. So they basically we just came to a point where I was okay. Well, we're gonna go, <laughs> okay, and they're right. like, "Okay, see you later." <laughs> oh my god! What a fun time! What a yeah. good time! <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it! I freaking love it! Oh, I don't know. People are a little crazy sometimes. All the time. Now, yeah. What about uh, what about you, my friend? 
What is a? I want to know some crazy freaking story of yours. All right, I'll, I have one actually. I I started to think about it after you told me earlier the day that we might do our own, and I have one that I've told people, and I've probably told you, but I don't think I've ever told. I know I haven't told it on this show, and I don't think I've ever told it on anything else. So cool. Um, I when I first started the paranormal group, I had a member that was a member of a fraternal order. We'll just call it a fraternal order because they never actually gave me permission to put out there that it's their actual name. Whoa. Um. It was, you know, it was like like the Masons, but a different thing. The Benevolent and Order of Antelopes. That's what we'll call no, it. No, it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> that. It, it was uh, in Excelsior Springs, okay. Missouri, and the building was older than like they had moved in. I don't, I don't know what year they moved in, but the building was I think 110 years old in the downtown part of Excelsior Springs, and. One of my first, actually, it was the first member that wasn't like my partner of the group. He was a member of this lodge. And since at that time we were still building ourselves, he got permission to investigate the building basically whenever we wanted. Oh, nice, dude. So we would go out there every few weekends, or if we got a new member, we would take them out there trying to be training ground. And they didn't have any, like, they didn't because we had a member with us, they, we didn't have to have clients there and we could basically come and go. Wow. And, uh, but they didn't give us, they said that we can put what we find out there, but they didn't want us to say their name. And actually, I believe it's closed now. And it's a national order, so it's not just a, a weird little cult group or whatever. <laughs> it's an actual fraternal order. But anyway, cool. so... It was at the beginning of when I first started investigating. I don't know if I would react the same way. Like, I didn't go screaming and scared, like, running, but I, but I definitely don't know if I would be as scared. But on, I think it was the second night we investigated out there. I was in the basement with Gene. His name was Gene, and he was the actual member that was a member of the order. Yeah. And we were doing an EVP session. And uh, the basement, a pretty good-sized basement, but it was one open room with the kitchen that was closed off. And we were on the opposite side of the room from the stairs. And the only light down there was coming from the stairwell, and it wasn't very bright, but we could see it. Sure. And there was no windows. Well, there used to be windows, but they were bricked up. So there was no light down there. Like, it was pitch black. We couldn't see right around us. We could just get across the long room, a little bit of a glow coming from the stairwell. So all of his batteries die in his stuff. Oh, wow. But, you know, a typical thing. Not typical, but it does happen often. Absolutely. So he decided he's going to... It was just him and I down there. He decided he's going to go upstairs and get new batteries. Huh. And, you know, I was like, sure, whatever. So I was down there by myself. And I was leaning <laughs> up with my ass up against the pool table. Yeah. So I, I was leaned up against the pool table, and then my flashlight died. Oh, nice. And I was standing there, and I could see the stairwell, so I know nobody else came down. 
And as I was sitting there leaned up against the stairwell waiting for him to come back down, I felt arms wrap around me from behind. Screw that. I, I could tell you that the elbows were on my side and I could feel like the forearm and the, the upper arm start wrapping around me. Like, and then I could feel a chest on my back and I got two breaths on the back of my neck. Holy hell. Like it was trying to intimidate me. Unless right. this was, but let, let's see, unless this was a little person standing on top of the pool table that has long arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know that nobody came down that stairwell. Wow. So at that point, I felt intimidated. Like, like well, the thing yeah. is, is, is breathing down my neck like heavily <laughs> and trying to hug me from behind or whatever. <laughs> so I, and my flashlight didn't work. Gene hadn't come back down yet, so I decided I'm going to get out of here. I didn't go running, but I, I walked over fast towards the stairs, and by the time I got there, I had no energy left. Whoa. I don't know if, like, the adrenaline sucked it out of me or if this thing sucked the energy out of me. Whatever was in there definitely drained our batteries. Uh, it might have just been my, you know, my excitement and my adrenaline just, like, drained me. But I, it took me about 45 minutes to an hour to start feeling normal again. Like, it took me a little while a little while to get up the stairs. Right. And so, yeah, we had lots of other stuff happen in that building. But that was the first time I got touched. And not only was I just touched, I was bear-hugged. Dude, that's creepy. And I had all the energy trained out of me. And it, it frightened me, but it didn't frighten me enough to not start investigating again once I felt normal. Right. Like, later that night, I was back down there. But I don't know, like, at the moment, of course, you're, like, freaking out. I don't know if I would freak out the same. Yeah. But I probably would still leave the room if something like that happened. Jeez. But, yeah, that that place was really cool. And, actually, my, my most, like, my best piece of audio the most impressive thing I've ever caught was from there. And actually, that's sitting on a laptop with a battery that I can't recharge. Really? But I haven't been able to pull it off yet to to show anybody. I don't have it on my website. It's of a little girl crying, but that's that crazy. was a different night in a different part of the building. But yeah. How many investigations have you honestly said you've, you've done at this point? Oh, um... Well, for a few years there, we were going almost every weekend. I don't know. I could say a few hundred. Probably. Probably easily, honestly. Yeah. It's it's bizarre, too, because... Whether it's different locations or not, multiple nights, like, I would say... I would call each night an investigation. So, yeah, at least a few hundred. Yeah. No, I would I would totally agree with you. Each night would be a an investigation because you... You try new things or different things or different approaches or whatever. Um, yeah, I would totally agree with that. So every year, and this is actually, this has started happening again for like, this is literally like the fourth or fifth year in a row now. Um, there is a place that is about uh, 30 minutes away from where I live. 
and it's called Seven Sisters Road. It is right outside of Nebraska City, Nebraska. And like I said, every year around this time, uh, Facebook blows up with pictures of, of Seven Sisters Road. And then everybody and their dog tags me in, uh, in these pictures and like, hey, Josh, have you ever been here? Well, I have been there. Uh, yeah. I, I wrote about I it. I think I wrote about it in my second book, which, oh, yeah, that just tells me that they're not reading my shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally joking. But anyway, um, so what happened, though? Like, uh, according to uh, the legend that there's this back country road outside of Nebraska City, and along this road, uh, there was a family that lived there, and apparently what happened was there was a brother and seven sisters and the brother went completely bat crap caca duty poop crazy and killed each one of his sisters and hung them from a separate tree all alongside of what is now called seven sisters road now i had what i did i was i was a good little paranormal investigator i i now, is this road does this road look like legally named Seven Sisters Road? No. It was, it now map? it's like County Road, I forget. But yeah, now it's just no. Oh, okay. But the, as the legend is, it's called Seven Sisters Road. Mm. Um, It's funny because then, you know, I, I contacted uh, the authorities there in Nebraska City, which I actually know a couple of them uh, from school and things like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally cool. If, uh, you know, I told them I'd like to mention it in a book. And they took me right to the spot, you know, where it would be or where they've heard the most claims of, of activity. I'm like, this is great. So it was still daylight at that time or whatever. So I'm like about nine, ten o'clock or whatever at night. We're going to come back out and we'll start doing our thing now. Uh, I went to the first place that the police told me to go, and it was a little weird, um, just because we were getting like strange readings, readings that you shouldn't get, because there wasn't any power lines or there wasn't anything that would really set off our equipment, making them read these things. Um, yeah, it was just weird, and so I'm like, huh, and so I'm like, well. Let's pack up here and let's go to the second location, which is just down the road a little bit. And uh, the same thing started happening again. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Then it got scary. And it wasn't paranormal by any means what happened. But uh, (laughs) So we're standing there, we're doing a thing, and I'm freaking out because I'm like, this is exactly like what was going on before. And then we get hit by this gigantic spotlight and I mean it's a big spotlight I'm like what the hell is that so uh-huh. I uh I spin around and maybe a quarter of a mile away maybe there's a house um with a pretty big deck or whatever on the back and clearly a man was standing there with a gigantic spotlight now we had every bit of permission that we needed to investigate this road 
because you know the 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 guy didn't own the road you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's the county's road or whatever we had all the all the uh, permission we could could get um in hindsight i probably should have knocked on this man's door and told him who we were and what we were going to be doing just probably as a courtesy or whatever yeah um but regardless i like just try to ignore him he will uh you know he'll he'll tire out sooner than later and uh sure enough the the light went out i'm like okay he's going back in the house i could watch him walk back into his house um but he came back out <laughs> except this time he didn't have a spotlight he had a shotgun yeah i'm like oh shit and seriously started shooting the shotgun. Well, okay, that was my... Really? He fired He it absolutely fired it three times. I had just about crapped my pants. Now, <laughs> my wife was actually with me. Now, my wife, for those of you that don't know, is a combat veteran, okay, who did time in Iraq. I mean, gunfire to her is no laughing matter whatsoever. So... She was on the ground, and I mean faster than shit. It was insane. And then we were quick in the car and all that um, and got the hell out of there. I uh, I actually pulled into the dude's driveway and parked, and then he turned off all of his lights. And I'm like, God bless it. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, uh, you know, get in an argument or anything with this guy. I just wanted to explain to him what I was trying to do. my wife she's like don't get out of the car because now he has every right (laughs) to shoot you because you're on his land now I'm like oh shit you're right so I just called the police from his driveway told them where I was and that they were on their way and I said well I probably won't be here when you when you arrive (laughs) you know I'm like we've had our fill of fun for the night so I'm gonna go but anyway regardless always get permission from the cops and then always knock on doors. If there are doors around, knock on them all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think that most cities, most places, most areas have a road like that. Yeah, it's but, crazy. They're not the same story, but no. they have a road like that. See, there was this one story. Um, my buddy Mike, Raul, who has joined us a couple times on the show, um, he, he approached me one day and he goes, I want to do this. And I forget where it was exactly. It was either Minnesota or Wisconsin or someplace like that. But apparently it's this road that you park alongside. And if you sit there for, excuse me, like 10 minutes or so, and you roll your window down, uh, supposedly you're you're going to be approached by a woman. A woman appears from the these woods that apparently run alongside the road, and she approaches you. And begins asking for your help. Uh, she lost a child, is what she's saying, or whatever. And it's apparently creepy as shit, but apparently it has happened to a lot of people. Uh, and Mike wanted to go, and he wanted to try it. Now, we haven't done it yet, because I don't know, man. I don't know how I would react. Yeah. I have no idea. I know that here, there, here, well, in, in Missouri, they have... I was just tagged in a post the other day on Facebook for... Zombie Road. So you don't know much about that oh, one, yeah. but I'm sure it's like most of the other ones. There's and there's there's two here that I've been to. Wow. One is called it's a you know typical Crybaby Bridge. Crybaby Bridge, yep. Um, they have but the 
the bridge here in town is not the bridge it used to be. It's been rebuilt within the last few years, and it's actually a very busy road. You can't, unless it's like one, like three o'clock in the morning, you're going to have traffic coming up behind you because, you know, you're supposed to sit there with his car in neutral and the, the babies will push you across or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that one, you can't really investigate it because there's too much traffic now. Now, the other one, I actually went with the radio station out to... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the road. Crybaby Road, maybe, is what it's called. <laughs> I don't remember. I think it's Crybaby Road. Wow. Oh, maybe it's called Devil's Road. I don't remember off the top of my head. I have it on my website. Okay. But I was uh, contacted by one of the local stations here in town that I actually have a friend that works for, and the morning show wanted to go out to this road that was in Belton, Missouri. Wow. Which is about, is about 30 minutes from here. Sure. In Kansas City. And we met up with him. And we followed them out there, and honestly, it was all crock. Was <laughs> it really? There. Yeah, we got there, uh, and we found the right road. The morning show, one of the people on the morning show had been there before a few times. Sure. And what you're supposed to park the car and sit in neutral, and your car will start rolling. And then you go and look at the car, and it has little fingerprints on it or whatever. Yeah. So the radio station... Uh, the people from the radio station were in the car in front of us and we were behind them and they stuck around for maybe 20 minutes <laughs> yeah what happened was is we we found the road we got into their vehicle with them it was Brad and I my member Brad sure and you know I was actually f- filming and he put the car in neutral and started to roll and he was doing the video too oh wow. and it's an optical illusion you look like you're flat, but you're not. Yeah. So what? So we we did that like twice, put in the car with them, and they were rolling down, and they were doing their little thing for the video or whatever. And then like twenty minutes later, they said, "Thanks, guys," and they took off. Let's just out there. <laughs> uh, Brad wanted us. Brad and I wanted us. Or Brad and I wanted to look around a little bit more, so we sure. did, and we actually brought a level, which is what you should do to investigate something like that. And yeah, it's a complete optical illusion. We were rolling downhill. Wow. And they got on the radio the next morning, you know, and they plugged us, and that's great and whatever, but they, you know, they completely did the, oh, it was so awesome, and we were rolling uphill, and... They kind of sensationalized it a little bit. take the time to actually look into it. And we drove out, like, we followed them out there for a half an hour for them to turn around 15 minutes later and leave. (laughs) But, yeah, I think there's Uh, one of those kind of roads in most, outside of most towns. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, and it's very interesting, that whole phenomenon or whatever. Um, you know, the whole, like, I don't know, lost ghosts or whatever. The the lady in white phenomenon. Yeah. Um, which our well, friend... Well, that or it's little kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, or like, ball of the white. And, I mean, our friend uh, Connor Hopkins made a, a film about the lady in white phenomenon, which is very cool. Um, they traveled all the way from California to Connecticut. You know, getting stuff. Um, it was very, very cool. So, um, we are just about, just about done here. But I wanted to, I wanted to plug something too, um, because we just, and I think, 
<clears throat> excuse me. I think did you watch the uh, the Periscope video that I did, Jason? Of uh, which one? I did one the other day about uh, a new location. Oh yeah, okay. I asked about it. Yes, yes. So what has happened is uh, the Ghost Files dudes and myself now have. Uh, kind of a base of operations, so to speak. And it's eight miles away from my house, which is kind of fun. Um, but we, I mean, the place is so new, we really don't even have a name for it. But it's in Malvern, Iowa. M-A-L-V-E-R-N, Iowa. And it's called Malvern Manor, is what we're calling it, basically. The place was a hospital, a hotel, and a halfway house for the mentally disturbed. The thing is, though, It was closed down due to um, mistreatment of patients. Um, Like, there's there's literally a closet um, that's underneath the stairs. Like, you're thinking like Harry Potter style. That's exactly it, except it makes Harry Potter's little area look like the Ritz-Carlton. It's very, very small. But that was like what they called the timeout closet. No, I expect you to bring me there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, what's really fun about this is, um, you know, I'm going to start doing some broadcasts and things like that from there. But at the same time, we're opening the doors. We're opening the doors for investigators specifically who want to do like overnight type investigations. We're going to allow that. We're also going to do like tours, obviously, but we're going to do overnight investigations. And I'm telling you what. If you watch, like, the director's cut of A Brush With Evil, the opening scene is from that place. And actually, I think I'm going to be releasing just that scene. And I'll be releasing it very, very soon uh, so you guys can see it. Um, because the place is ridiculous. We got more evidence, or I, I, I call it evidence, whatever. We had more shit happen to us in, in two hours in this place than, than we had had happen to us in, in the past two years. I mean, the place is that intense. Um, it's, it's very crazy. So keep your eye out for that. We're going to be launching a website very, very soon. So you guys can book it if you want. Um, but yeah, the place is massive. It has 30 rooms, like three, zero 30 rooms. Oh my god. And it's crazy because the the gentleman who owns the building is very uh becoming a very good friend of mine. And he was like, "Well, Josh, what do I do to the place? You know, to you know, what do I do to get it ready?" I'm like, "Don't touch a thing." That was one of the things that was most attractive t- about the place to me is that it yeah. was it it was just left. They just left it, you know. So it is spooktastic, um, but it's definitely a place that you guys will want to check out. And then, you know, you have, like, the Velisca Axe Murder House, which is just <laughs> a few miles down the road, you know? I mean, yeah. it's kind of nice. And then on the other side, you got the Squirrel Cage Jail and, and Council Bluffs. There's all sorts of fun stuff to do. So I wanted to make that quick little announcement that uh, here in September... We are opening the doors, and we're going to do some fun stuff around the Halloween season as well, specifically on the 30th and 31st. So we, if you guys are close, close to Malvern, Iowa, we can uh, 
look us up or whatever. Or just get a hold of us, uh, ectoplasmshow at gmail.com. Do that. But, Jason, do you have anything else to add, my friend? Well, I just wanted to say that if there's any of our listeners out there in the Kansas City area, I don't have a date yet, but I am going to start doing a paranormal news segment on the Jonathan Weir Show on 98.1 FM, which is talk radio, once a week, uh, starting at 8.20. I'm not sure which day of the week yet. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a once a week segment where the host and I talk about paranormal news. Dude, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, and I can't, like, literally, there's a few stations in town that get more listeners, but they reach tens of thousands of people every day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, that's going to be outstanding. Yeah. That'll be Super so much fun about for you. it. He's supposed to let me know later today which day and the, the start time. Sweet. That'll be sweet. Well, I tell you yeah. what, man. We, uh, oh, it's crazy. 50 episodes in the in the can. 50 episodes done. Done dealing. So now on to 51. I don't know what the hell we're going to do for episode 100 yet. <laughs> we need to, like... I'll get, like, chip coffee or something on here. Big. <laughs> I'll get, like, chip coffee or, or Jason Hawes or Grant Wilson. Some, one of them. One of them SOBs. We'll get them on there. Yeah. That'll be fun. Nobody's going to talk to me. <laughs> I'm like, call me. They won't call. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I also wanted to say that for anybody else that lives around me in the Kansas City area, I'm expecting to start getting a horde of people applying to the group. Oh, yeah. Uh, investigation requests and stuff like that once I get on air on the radio here in town. So I've actually decided, because I've been, I've talked about it with you, Josh, I've been kind of taking a break for a while. It's been about a year, so I've done a couple investigations, but the group is just me and a couple of guys right now. Right. But I'm kind of expecting this to blow up now that I'm going to be on the radio here, and I'm going to build the group up to be probably one of the biggest groups here in town as far as member-wise and I have it all structured out, and I'm looking for members. So if you live here in town, Kansas City, go to midcontinentparanormal.com and fill out a membership application. Nice. Because for people, and if, I'll I'll put this out there, if you're willing to sit down and listen to hours of audio and watch hours of video, you'll probably be the first in line. (laughs) It's not, like, glamorous like they make it look. Huh? It's not as glamorous as TV makes it look. That's for sure. No. <laughs> oh, my God. That's something you got to do. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and that's the problem is you have, like, hours and hours and hours of audio and video to watch and listen to. So. And not a lot of people want to do that, so I'm... Well, I'm they should. Consider people that would be willing to do that probably over top of most other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if they're willing to put in the work, man, that'd be great. But hell yeah, man. Well, I'm going to wrap this show. Um, 
But yeah, I hope everybody is doing well. Hope you guys have a great freaking weekend. Thank you very much for uh, sticking with us for 50 episodes thus far. And we'll be talking to you all very, very soon. Peace out. I make it a rule never to get involved with possessed people. Actually, it's more of a guideline rule. And I know what I saw, and that's not what you're telling me what I saw.